Welcome to the Uncommon CEO Podcast, where we unpack the mindset, skills, and wisdom it takes to become an uncommon leader in a common world with your host, the Uncommon CEO himself, Andrew Smart. Andrew, welcome. Next episode of the Uncommon CEO Podcast. What's new in your world? Matt, I'm doing well. Just staying busy. How about yourself? Yeah, the same. Uh, It's about the turn the corner into spring which is about my favorite time of year so excited about that get out finally yard landscaping back to normal plant some things it's, it'll be good looking forward to all that it's that crazy time of year that i mean in this area that we go from we can have a 60 degree week and then still get some cold oh yeah I was sleeting two nights ago and it's 68 degrees out right now yeah i just i mean I, yeah you know, I just, I wish you would just pick a, pick a, just pick a temperature. Make up your mind, right. weather. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, personally, I just rather stay in the 60s mm-hmm. rather than go back. I mean, once I've moved past the cold, I mean, you get, for me, you know, once you get past Christmas, I'm ready to get warm. Yeah. I like the medium warm, not the, the baking. No, 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 no. I, the I, summer. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the July and August, I, no, it's not that's the me. humidity. That's the South Carolina mm-hmm. humidity. Oh, so yeah. no, I'm not okay. crazy about that. But uh, mm-hmm. but I do like uh, a nice warm. But then, you know, the, also it leads right into the pollen season. So that's mm-hmm. you know, and so my car is black, so it becomes, oh, becomes yeah, yellow absolutely. And the minute yeah. you wash it, it there. just it just comes, comes right. Back. It comes right back. So, mm-hmm. um, but it is a good time of year. Um, Drew's doing flag football, and um, he'll be playing contact football this fall, but he's doing flag football right now. So he's uh full speed in that and mm-hmm. they're both still in swimming and Claire's doing volleyball. So they're, they're staying very active. How about yours? Oh yeah. Graham started basketball a few weeks ago for the first time ever. And we thought his team was going to be awful. Just we're like, these poor kids aren't going to win a game the whole year. They started seven and zero and took their first loss this past weekend. But it was uh, the Jazz. They're pretty stacked for a nine year old kid's basketball team. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's enjoyed doing that. And little Josie, I think, wants to do gymnastics or something on those lines. Oh yeah. So yeah, they're they're having fun, and you know, summer will kick around and give us lots of excuses to be outdoors and hike and all kinds of stuff. Awesome, awesome. There, get your pool open. Yeah, yeah. This year will hopefully be better than last year. Last year I was fighting pea soup for about two months there, and this year I did a better job of preparing, keeping it covered, keeping the pump running throughout the off season. So that's hard. I had to deal with that one time. When you get that allergy, it's a you're yes. constantly fighting this mm-hmm. stuff. So, that's the truth. Yeah. So I, I I know exactly what you went through, and so um, well, I'm glad to hear that about uh, your son's basketball team. I remember talking with you about that before on another podcast mm-hmm. we kind of laughed and joked about uh church basketball because uh you know church basketball gets a little rowdy there with the crowd yeah sometimes uh they don't always have that church behavior yes there's there's no love of the lord when, right. it's, when it's time to guard right. somebody so yep <laughs> exactly so um i'm excited to uh be back with you and uh uh you know enjoy this time together where we get to to share on topics and talk about things that are uncommon. And, mm-hmm. um, and so today, you know, you know, we're always talking about, uh, different elements of leadership, mm-hmm. um, different, different 
topics that surround what makes people, organizations, what, what, what makes us, you know, uncommon, what, you know, you know, uncommon people that serve in different ways. And, and so I, you know, I've been working on, you know, this, this idea of mindset for a long time. And I shared with you before in a podcast that, you know, last year I really started honing in on mindset Mm -hmm. and driving, you know, mindset into the organization that I, I did, um, with, uh, you know, our top leadership. I, I drove this, this mindset mentality through organization. And I, I believe that mindset is everything. Mm -hmm. Where goes your mind goes everything. And so, so I really wanted to take this time to continue that approach on mindset and, and to talk about a particular topic that has, has been kind of really been on my mind lately. Mm -hmm. So you ready to go? Oh, of course. Okay. Um, so in, 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 We've talked a lot about um, really how how our relationships interact, right? We've talked a lot about how we mm-hmm. um, interact, you know, as individuals, how we connect as people, and and so as we connect as people, our brain kind of flows in there, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember when we were talking um, in in a previous podcast uh, about Chris Voss's book? Yeah, absolutely. One of the topics that 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 in the book we talked about mirroring, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you remember about that? Yeah, the, essentially in negotiations, you want to mirror the person that you're negotiating with. That could be in your demeanor, it could be in your tone, but essentially you want them to feel at ease because you're giving back what they're putting out. Yeah, right. So you're. We wanted to, you know, in that negotiation side, you want to, you want to physically and mentally, you want to mirror this process. Well, mm-hmm. a, a a phrase that I want to give you in a in a true reality is called a mirror neuron system. Okay, so we know the word mirror, but when you hear neuron system, what comes to your mind? Oh, the brain and the synapses firing and all that good stuff. Yeah, the yeah. neuron system. Okay, mm-hmm. so the brain. Okay, and so when we when we talk about mirror neuron system, we model behavior. Okay, everything that Chris Voss was talking about is dealing with our brain. We model behavior. So the mirror, you know, neuron system is we model the behavior of the people we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who do you spend the most time with, Matt? Well, sometimes people at work, um, I mean, it's eight hours of my day or so uh, at work. Uh, my family, of course. Um, those are the main people. Some of my best friends, you know, we spend good amounts of time together, but probably colleagues at work and family the most. So when you reflect in, in thinking about that, what types of behaviors do you think about that you model of those people that you spend the most time with? Well, I, I definitely catch my coworkers saying some of my catchphrases that they've modeled for me, and they catch themselves doing it. It's like, God, I'm talking like him now. So that's always, I get a kick out of that. But, um, you know, generally, uh, you've when you got kids, you've got to get to their level to be able to communicate effectively with them a lot of times, you know? 
And even just in the way you talk on the words you use, you're going to mirror a little bit of what other people are going to understand or what you f- they find important. So all those things. But generally, you, you almost you mimic compassion and love for those that you spend the most time with. And I think that's the main thing that gets communicated across. Well, you, 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 if you spend your time around people who are compassionate and loving, yeah, true. You'll mirror that. But what if you spend your time around assholes? You'll be a jerk too. You think that's the, (laughs) you think that's the normal way of being. Right. And sometimes at work, you, you can't you can't choose your colleagues and you can't choose your family. So those are two areas that you just got to cross your fingers. You got lucky on. Yeah, I mean, if if it, 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 let's go back to being school children. Mm-hmm. If you if you hang around the bully, what do you most likely be? Yeah, bully. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to mirror that behavior. You see it with your kids. I mean, we we talked about this before. Your your children tend to to mirror and model who they associate with. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important as parents that we pay attention to who our children associate with. I mean, we we want to raise our children to be leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a good parent, you want to raise your children to be a leader not a follower. Now, they're naturally going to follow at some level, but you want your children to be a leader, too. Mm-hmm. And you want them to whatever areas they do follow, you want to make sure they follow into a good group. Yeah, absolutely. But they're definitely going to mirror to whatever association that they're part of. And you're right. We pick up just natural Things like you said, you pick up words and behaviors and patterns. We do mm-hmm. it without even knowing it. I I think about all the time of just words that I've picked up from just hanging around people mm-hmm. and and habits. Okay, we I we we had a podcast on habits. How many good and probably more bad habits have we picked up from people? Oh yeah, I mean most of your habits are picked up from those that you surround yourselves with. I mean, people that smoke, people that drink too much tends to be your environment and surroundings guide those habits. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're a person who likes to be healthy, eat healthy, you know, do healthy things, but your group of people don't and your buddies like to go out every night and do those kind of things. And that's that kind of influence you, you, you kind of mirror and go into that pattern. It's no different than, you know, you you get a pattern of someone who brings in, you know, donuts every week, every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, those tend to be mirrored patterns. And so, you know, we mirror those, those type of patterns. There's also another word that I want you to think about called emotional contagion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that the other day. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it can... Emotions spread throughout the room, throughout the organization, et cetera. So, I mean, if somebody storms in a room angry, the the ability for that to spread is just as strong as if somebody comes in with the right mentality to try to, you know, guide a positive environment to be around. We're emotional people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The biggest part of our brain, our limbic brain, is the emotional 
part of our brain. We're emotional people. So so our emotions dictate so much of our actions, mm-hmm. whether we want to admit to it or not. I mean, I'll go back to um, something that I, uh, you know, in, 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 in the talk with Chris Voss, actually something that I um, didn't actually talk about in that, in that, in that podcast. Um, all of our decisions, okay, we use, we'll go back to business, okay? We, mm-hmm. we use a lot of data, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we throw out words like KPIs, right? Yep. I mean, we, we love to measure performance. We love to bring in data and information. We, the more we can get, it's like it just makes us feel better. The more data that we can grab. Mm-hmm. But here's the funny thing about data. Data isn't how we make the decision. Okay, we grab data. We grab information. All of it. But how do we make the decision? Emotions, your gut sometimes. You still got to have a feeling Every for it. Every decision is emotionally made. Mm-hmm. You go buy a house, okay? You go buy a house. You are going to grab every data that you can. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna know what it costs. You're going to have every data point of what it costs. You're going to know where it is. You're going to know all the things, what schools. You're going to know taxes. You're going to know everything. But the point of making that decision is going to be based on whether you or your partner or everything. It's going, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. When you buy a car, the ultimate decision is going to be, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. Everything ultimately is driven by the emotional point of, how does it feel? Yeah. I mean, there may be a better or different car or house out there that's in your price range, but at the end of the day, you can only pick one. And you got, you know, most people look at multiple houses when they decide to buy a house and one's going to win. And that's usually because that's the one that you fell in love with or however it's framed up. How about this? If you ever think about this, you're with your wife, you're making a decision. You get down to the final point of making that decision. Have you ever heard this statement? I don't know, dear. How do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. It comes down to how do you feel? Yeah. I mean, it's not, well, I think we need to look deeper on the spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Let's review this data one more time. <laughs> right. It's so, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. Yes, all those points matter, but it always comes back to how do you feel? And so feelings dictate ultimately everything. How do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Now, all these other points matter. All of them do. But it ultimately comes back to a feeling. So let's go back to emotional contagion. Okay, so... So where does emotional contagion play out into how we operate in our environment? Well, um, every day you have the opportunity to have a positive or a negative interaction with somebody. And when you're a leader of a team, your team's going to take what you're giving them. So if you lead with optimism and positivity, you're more than likely going to get a team that also follows that. But if you start you know, when somebody starts griping about something in a room, I mean, misery loves company. People just jump on board. So you have the opportunity to set the tone at all times. Yeah. So ultimately, what you want to be in life, if we can just kind of summarize this, what we ultimately want to be around in life is people who emotionally, that, that, that while we want to emotionally have the contagion that we spread good emotions, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we 
have that that people generally look at us and say, you know what, that person spreads good vibes, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's ultimately. I mean, you know, you you don't want at the end of the day for people to go around saying, God, that person's just freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. No. I mean, you know, I would hope you wouldn't want that. You know, but. You know, ultimately, that's what you want in any type of team, organization, family, any type of structure. That's what you should want. And if mm-hmm. you don't want that, then you better go back to that other mirror principle and look yourself in the mirror. Yeah, that's exactly. what you should want. Knowing all that, I want to come to a term called learn minimalization. You know, I've I've really been studying this term, and I've been studying this term um, in multiple ways. I've been studying this term in in some books I've read. I've been studying this word in in the Bible as well. Okay, there's a guy in the Bible called Solomon. Mm-hmm. You might have heard of him. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah, he was around about three thousand years mm-hmm. ago. He was around a long time ago. Um, historically speaking, um, he was considered the the wisest and wealthiest guy in history. Um. You know, when you have everything, okay, and I mean everything, Mm -hmm. you kind of go to God and say, well, I got everything. What else can I ask for? Well, if you got everything, then then he goes and asks for wisdom. Mm -hmm. Kind of profound question. I mean, you know, God, I mean, I've got everything. So how about some wisdom? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and in that, in gathering, quote, knowledge, wisdom, he learned a few things. Mm-hmm. And so that book uh, that, 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 that I studied called Ecclesiastes is a hard book. It's a very, very hard book. It's a profound book, but it's very hard. And, and it, it helped me kind of research this term minimalization. Now, when you hear this term minimalize, what do you think about it? Oh, I mean, having less, being more focused with what you have, uh, making the small things go further, all that. But Matt, isn't that counterintuitive to this mindset of growth, go big, go home, bigger, better? Yeah, it is, but it's do more with less. So you can still grow and have accomplishments and accolades and all that but it you don't need excess for that but that's not what society tells us that's true that goes against everything that society tells us Mm -hmm. i mean you know that and it's kind of funny i mean actually society would tell you matt you know you should do that get yours go more now i mean now We've talked about this. I mean, Biggie Small said, more money, more problems. Yes, this is true. The sage philosopher, <laughs> right? Biggie. Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, yes, I mean, but we're, we're, we, 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 more, we actually have, interesting enough, inside of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we actually fight a desire for more. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because we've been taught more is better. And then your whole life, you've you've seen people 
trying to get everything they can, make more money, have more friends, have bigger houses, faster cars, all that. Yeah, so. we, we, have, we have a natural consumption mindset. Yeah. We want to consume. We want more. I mean, my daughter, like I said, she's into this slime stuff. Yeah, my kids too. I don't get it. Helping this girl make a fortune, this, this mm -hmm. YouTube girl. And if if she gets one container, she wants another container. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's it, and it's more. You get one thing, you want nothing, and more. And so we we fight a natural, you know, part of us that desires for more. Mm -hmm. But what is this learn minimization? So I wrote down the secret to genius is what? Okay, every genius, every entrepreneur. Every person that we look at, you know, that we we put in that category, you know what they've done? What's that? They've created simplicity. Mm-hmm. I could see that. It's what they've done. Every genius, okay? Everyone that we, I mean, what, you know, when we look at, you know, Steve Jobs, what did he do? I mean, he created the personal computer, essentially, and created a, a way to make it easy to the average person is why it succeeded. Um, where Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Okay. Where's all your music stored? On the phone, in the cloud, I guess. Movies, music, mm -hmm. information. It's all in this little brick. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he figured out how to monetize it. But, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. But he also figured out how to simplify it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and, and, and literally, and I'm just using him as an example. Yeah, I was actually thinking Bill Gates when I was talking. But yeah, same scenario. Both yeah, well, of them. Bill Gates did the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. When you look at when you look at every genius, they figured out a way to simplify something. Mm -hmm. How to make something simpler. And, and I mean, that's the whole mindset of genius. How to make something simpler. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to this slime deal. My daughter, who now has no problem spending my money on this slime, you know what she used to do? What's that? Make the damn stuff. Oh, yeah. I believe it. She used to make a mess in the kitchen making stuff. Mm -hmm. stuff. But guess what? She, she found a simpler way. Mm -hmm. Spend dad's money. True. <laughs> Buy it. Mm -hmm. Buy it. Simplicity. But, you know, this learned simplicity. So when we look at, you know, learned simplicity and what is the power of learned simplicity? Why is it, why is it this simplicity actually, why does that make us really better? What is it about simplicity? What is it? And I'm going to come back to Solomon because here's this guy who said, hey, I really could use wisdom as, I mean, I've got all this other stuff, but what wisdom's what I need. Mm -hmm. What is it that he learned? Why simplicity? Well, I mean, the, the closer the decision points are, I mean, the more accurate it tends to be. That you can draw a straight line a lot quicker than you can go back and forth and all around. When we always talk about things like how the crow flies, it's, it is that. It's the straightest, simplest path possible it's like the occam's razor it's the most in your face obvious solution tends to be the right solution so there's something to be said about simplicity in the book of ecclesiastes you go through a process of that book 
And when you read it, you read it from the very first chapters, you, you see a man talk about all the things that he's experienced in life. Okay. You see a man talk about, I've gotten all this and I've, mm-hmm. I've had all the relationships that I could have. And then some, I mean, back then, I mean, he had a lot of wives. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, talking about having to do, I mean, I heard Dan Leanne say it one time. He's like, I mean, ha- imagine having to have two anniversaries every day. Oh, geez. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> I mean, a lot to keep up with there. Whew. I mean, you know, and, you know, and he's got, he's got, you know, all of that. He's got palaces to take care of. He's got, he just has everything at that time in life that you could experience, you know, monetarily. He's, he has, he has received all this stuff. Okay. But he's, he's, he's realizing all this stuff that he has gone and experienced and had, he's found empty. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's walking through this process that I've gone through life and all this experience and I have all this abundance, mm-hmm. but I also have emptiness in abundance. And he's looking for where is, okay, where, where's value? He's trying to find value. Mm-hmm. And he goes through this process of this book of learning where real value is. For him, okay, you know, for him, it was like, okay, having all this means nothing. No relationships, no friendships, no, mm-hmm. you know, no palaces, no nothing. You know, if, if I don't have God in any of these kind of things, none of it really is. No, there's no value without him in this. For that, That's where he's kind of finding, you know, the, the, this. And so he's trying to boil it down to a simple point for him. Mm-hmm. Without God, there's nothing. So he's simplifying all of this. Now, what you also find in this he never he never states that while I'm simplifying this, I'm not taking away my responsibility in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that is another point. He doesn't go, "Hey, God, take it all away." That's not what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's saying I didn't find you know that with in it in all of this in itself, I'm not finding joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. That I'm not finding that collecting things or where purpose is simplicity funny thing okay steve jobs was the same way can you tell me the two things that mattered steve jobs the most family that's one trust for him it was family Mm -hmm. and he enjoyed good sushi and food ah yes good food (laughs) (laughs) i'm a sucker for that (laughs) but those are the things he really kind of appreciated and valued Steve Jobs didn't have like a really he had a nice home, but not a big home. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett lives in the same home that he lived in since 1960. Was it Bill Gates drove his old Camry until it hit like 300,000 I mean, miles or something? I mean, yeah. I think Warren Buffett still goes to McDonald's every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you know, and we're using kind of big people here. I mean, what it was? I mean, uh, Elon Musk got rid of all his big homes and lives. I mean, it's where you find purpose and purpose and and, and the passion and those kind of things and the simplicity. You know, and it's not about not having things. It's not, it's that. What is it that really matters? Okay. It's this learn minimization. It's about focusing in on the things that matter. And I think about this in business. And I think about this in relationships. And I think about this in teams. Think about this. How many times do we, in our organization, do we get focused on the things that don't matter? Oh, all the time. You and just, we spend all of our energy in it. It derails the whole planning process. Yes. Yeah. You know, we spend so much energy 
on these other things that don't matter mm-hmm. rather than focusing on the things that do matter. And, you know, if we learn to minimize and hone in on the things that matter, mm-hmm. that's where real success is in all these arenas, in all these areas. So when we talk about, you know, minimalism, we, we, we talk about it, you know, and what it means for success. Okay, the number one reason, you know, for success is that people focus on things that that have high, you know, potential for consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's the part of it could be the big risk, big reward, uh, but that you're making decisions that have impact is what it means at the end of the day because consequence can be positive, consequence can be negative, but you're taking a risk when you do it. And when you take risks, you have you grow from them. So let's talk about some tangible things that that could be put into that category of high risk. Mm-hmm. Let's talk business, high yep. risk. Absolutely. I mean, when you want to grow, sometimes you got to be willing to blow it all up. So, you know, a new company, our company would be a good example, where when we were at a point of growth and inflection to take on a, a very large client that we might not have been ready for, but they gave us an absolute opportunity to better ourselves and become much more revenue generating, uh, you had to take the big risk to do it. I'll and, give a great example. Yeah. When uh, in, in, in this business, when I, uh, I mean, years ago, when we took on Sam's. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's a great example. So when we took on Sam's, um, that was a huge risk, huge mm-hmm. risk. And um, one that, candidly speaking, one that wasn't calculated very well, mm-hmm. Um didn't necessarily have a team that thought through it as properly as it should have, mm-hmm. but but as as a leader and as a CEO, um, you know, you take this process. Uh, we got into it, and then you know, figured out how to make it happen. And what I had to do, I basically had to minimize, you know, the issues around it mm-hmm. and solve the problem. But ultimately, I mean, what did it do? Well, ultimately, we wouldn't be where we were are now if it weren't for that decision. If we wouldn't have taken that risk, we never would have been able to get the working capital to grow. We wouldn't have gotten a team that understood how to push themselves to work outside of the regular constraints that we have. I think by that decision, it caused tremendous tremendous growth, not just from a revenue standpoint, but from a the way we are as a company standpoint and it allowed us to work with the other big players in the market. That deal alone against objection and against odds, I knew would fundamentally change the organization. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally. it The trajectory of where we were going and what we would do. And that's what it did. Yeah, it did. And, and you know, so that was a, you know, there were huge potential consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to invest to be able to handle that business. And if that business went away and we couldn't execute, um, still stuck with those investments at the end of the day. So that, you know, the Sam's deal is a great example of something with a high potential consequence. 
Um, but the you know the number one you know deal for failure is things with low potential consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, can you think of an example there? Low potential consequence. I mean, every day where you get lost in the weeds, where you might have a room of six people trying to figure out a thirty dollar charge on an invoice, and the amount of time you wasted on that thirty dollars ends up exponentially higher than the problem that was there to start with. I'll give you a good example. I actually had uh, this with our CFO. Um, you know, the AR is really important for any organization. Sure. Okay. This is, and this is a great uh, learn minimization that I was working on with her. Um, and, you know, our CFO has a lot going on in, in that department. And she had restructured a lot of the department, put new people in. And, and that AR for any organization, I mean, that's, that's the fuel to the organization. Mm-hmm. If, if, if that, if AR gets hurt, everything gets hurt. Um, she, one thing that, that I noticed that was getting bogged down on was she was getting bogged down in some of the just processes that, that she was trying to implement mm-hmm. and it was, it was jamming up time and we all have limited time. And so she was really hounding a lot of, and putting a lot of emphasis in our credit cards mm-hmm. and our processes and our procedure in our, in our, in, 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 in the reconciliation of our credit cards. And I talked with her and I, and I said, you know, Hey Carla, um, I noticed that you're spending a lot of time in this credit card reconciliation area. And, and, you know, really I'm looking at this area of AR that needs more time, needs more attention. Mm -hmm. And, and I looked and said, Carl, how, I said, I I don't want to take away the fact that this area isn't important, but how important is this in the big picture of things? Mm -hmm. And it gave her time to sit back and reflect. And I said, you know, I said, I, I know this sounds, you know, but $50,000 really doesn't move the needle in my business. Yeah. And so, and when I brought it to her like that, she realized what I was trying to say. It's not that $50,000 didn't matter, you know, um, but at this point it really didn't matter. Yeah. Low risk gambits. Uh, you just got to contextualize them. And if you contextualize them, you go, yeah, that really isn't that big of a deal. Are we really arguing where we're going for dinner well, tonight for half an hour? But we, we too often in life yeah. get into that arena. Mm-hmm. We too often spend our energy into the things that don't matter. I mean, look, I mean, we all have been guilty in relationships spending so much time arguing on things that don't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, and, and we'll die on hills doing it. Yes, we will. Yeah. And so I mean, we do, we do, yeah. and then we when we die, we're like, "What the hell were yeah, we was, thinking?" Was being right that important? No, but yeah. that's the problem. See, that's the problem. You 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 made the that statement of being right. See, that's part of our problem. We want to be right, mm-hmm. and 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 people. I mean, when we want to be right, we're not effective. I want to be effective. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about if I'm right. Because quite often, I'm not always right. Yeah. Yeah. It's being able to admit that you're not is the hardest part to so many people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, that, that you know, I'd rather be effective. Mm-hmm. I'd rather learn. My way is not always effective. Many times, 
when I think my way is not effective, you know, the, or when I think my way is effective, it's often not. Mm-hmm. And I would rather sit back and 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 learn that. I mean, I, you know, had someone, you know, recently come to me and, you know, it, you know, in a kind of a, you know, business relationship, and as I approached them with a certain way to address a situation, and they came to me and, you know, asked about a different way to address them, address this situation, and I said, you know, you know, I. I kind of felt like I had a right way and mm-hmm. and candidly speaking as I thought about it might not have been the right way. Sure. And you know that's the point being is is I'm not always right, but I do want to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. And getting lost in the the details is how you become less effective. And I think this goes back to the minimization. People who focus on, you know, learn minimization understand at the end of the day they want to be effective. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to be. I want to be effective in life. I want to be effective in relationships. I want to be effective in everything that I do. I'm not going to get them all right. Probably get most of them not right, but I want to get the ones I do get right, and I want to be effective in them. Coming off the heels of the Super Bowl, one of our features that we do on some episodes is called Fourth and Goal. So it's Fourth and Goal. Learn minimalism. What's your... What's your one zinger piece of advice to share with the audience about something they can do in their daily life to be a little more minimal or a little more uh, intentional about how they live life? You know, I love our fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we started, you know, this this podcast and, um, you know, we, we talked about fourth and goal because it when you're in a fourth and goal situation, you're, you're, you're put to the test. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're brought into a situation where you've got to make it happen. Right. And so, and, and leaders understand, you know, that, that when you're in that situation, you're that, that's, that's when you're going to find out who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and true leaders become who they are in those situations. So, at fourth and goal, in this in this mentality and this mindset, you know, your job is to clear the paths for everyone else. Your job is to set the tone and to clearly help that team understand this is what we're focused on to cure to truly identify. This is what matters. Whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. that's your job. You keep everyone directed on what matters the most and clean out anything that is distracting from the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing more minimal than clarity. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, I mean, that's what a quarterback, you know, if the quarterback is driving that fourth and goal, it is shutting up the chatter in the huddle mm-hmm. and saying, we're going to go score. Absolutely. And setting out the clear objectives to how to score. But shutting up the chat. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks. I think that wraps us up nicely, Andrew. All right, Matt. Appreciate a good episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Uncommon CEO Podcast. Subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. We have video episodes on our YouTube channel and more Uncommon Wisdom on our social media. Find all our links and resources at UncommonCEOPodcast.com. For Andrew Smart and all of us here at the Uncommon CEO, Stay uncommon.